0: You're watching Leafs Morning Take with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now.
2: All right, what's good, everybody? Presented by Betano, It's time for the Wednesday edition of Leafs Morning Take. It's Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. And finally, some Maple Leafs hockey to talk about. I was talking to you off air last night. There's just not much cooking in Leafs Nation, just two games in, what, the next 12 days here. So I'm excited to actually talk about a hockey game tonight. Yeah,
0: looking forward to it. It's uh you know, we talked about it yesterday. Bit of a bit of a tough test for these guys. They're going to be no stranger to that coming down the pike here. They've got the the most difficult schedule in the NHL for to finish out the season and uh starting here with uh, a wagon right now in the Winnipeg Jets. They've been buzzing. They don't allow a lot of goals, so I mean, our offensive firepower is going to have to do their thing for sure today if they're going to get a
2: W. Definitely going to dive into this home and home with the Winnipeg Jets or some Ryan Reeves conversation. We got to get into Tyler Bertuzzi's not with the team. Uh, Joseph Wall is back skating, which is a pleasant, um, you know, storyline. Obviously, narrative. He hasn't played since uh, December seventh, so we're almost approaching two months. Um, and as somebody who's coming back from that injury, I've I could tell you it takes a while. But we'll get into that conversation uh, coming up with Joseph Wall. We'll look at the standings as we normally do on Wednesday. But uh, some significant news across the wire this morning: expansion. Here we go again with this conversation. Where, where do you stand in expansion? I don't think we've ever talked about that before.
0: Yeah, I I want to make sure there's no teams that that can't support a team. And yeah. if you can support a team, it's good. But I don't want to water down the uh the product. I don't want to water down the league. I, I think it's a very um, you know, prestigious thing to be able to make that league. And I mean, if you go back to when the WHA was competing against the NHL, you know, there was a ton of teams and the talent wasn't as good and it, it's, it kind of, they figured it out, obviously, but, you know, put teams where they deserve to be, where they, where fans want them, where they're going to support them and, uh, you know, don't put them in Phoenix.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is like, okay, so so that's one part of the conversation and the stories that Smith Entertainment Group, owners of the Utah Jazz, have asked the NHL to initiate an expansion process to bring a team to the state. So that would make a 33-team leg. Uh, the NHL has put out a, a news release already saying, thank you. We're looking into it. I mean, what else are they going to say? But. I think it's got to make sense. I think to your point, it has to make sense. And for me specifically, I look at a couple teams around this league and I wonder if they should even be there. So I think you have to figure out that situation before you bring te- new teams into the conversation. Having said that, as we know by now, everything is about money. If Utah pays up, they're probably going to get a team and we're probably going to be looking, looking at a 33 team league in the next couple of years. But I, I think it's obviously a fluids type situation, but I, I think you, uh, to your point, you have to be crystal clear. This thing is going to work. And I mean, it's sort of come out of nowhere here too.
0: Yeah, I know Utah, like their population, do they, do they, how bad do they want one? Um, obviously an ownership group's going to do their due diligence and not, you know, spend that kind of money on something that's going to fail. You'd think they're smart businessmen, but, uh, you know, it does throw things off. You know, it's a, we got an eight conference set up, you know, half the, 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 the teams get into playoffs. It works really nice. It's nice and crisp now, ever since, you know, uh, Vegas and Seattle kind of rounded out that West, but, but uh, I don't know, Utah. I, I would like to see another Canadian team. I would like to see you know, if it's not working and I don't know the numbers lately, I've kind of fallen out of following that. But with Phoenix, like, are the is the team's escrow still floating that goddamn thing? Like it's <laughs> playing out of the mullet arena. It's just embarrassing. Like if you want to do that, I wouldn't I'd be totally in favor of like a swap or something so you can keep the 32 team league. But inevitably, they're going to do what they do. I just hope they get it right.
2: Yeah. And the other thing, too, is like, I don't want to water down the rosters. Not that they think the the, the rosters are watered down. I understand it's a cap league, but the last expansion was kind of like gray. Um, Obviously, teams learned a lot from the Vegas expansion, Seattle a bit different. And yeah, they've had a lot of success in this league. But I think the further you go, or next thing you know, you're at like 36 teams, how watered down are those rosters going to be? And, you know, my concern. How volatile the crease has become in the nhl rosie where teams are going through their fourth and fifth string gold goalies imagine there's another organization maybe two more organizations what's that going to mean i mean are, are we going to see ebugs sign full-term contracts with their teams now it's crazy
0: <laughs> i don't know time will tell but yeah there's uh there's less to go around there's more it's it's more watered down the potential for that is is certainly high and We'll see what comes of it. I mean, like I said, I haven't been had my finger on the pulse. Uh, I used to follow that a little bit closer with the numbers and the behind-the-scenes stuff that were related to the CBA and hockey-related revenue and all that type of revenue sharing stuff. But uh, we'll see. I, I just hope it's not a complete money grab for the NHL. Like their eyes get big when they see the you know, the expansion ticket, and you know, what are they going to do with the expansion draft again? And all the things like you mentioned, it's, it's interesting. And again, I just hope that they, they get it right. And it's not, you know, you don't look back in three years and look at the league and say, well, it's not a better league. It's not a more prestigious league. Just the ownership group got an extra tens of millions of dollars in each one of their pockets. That's the only thing that changed. So hope that's not the case, but, uh, You know, if they are talking about expansion, that that is a good thing. You know, we're not talking about folding teams and teams shutting down shop as much. You know, it's a positive thing for the game and for the league if you're talking about expansion and and you know, getting into new markets and the game growing. So
2: you got to look at that at it from that point as well. Alcohol consumption would not be good. We know the old uh, Mormon situation in Utah, and um, the alcohol situation would not be great for games. And I, it just brings back bad memories from Leafs Nation, where the Leafs wanted to keep Alex Kerfoot so damn bad. He even made a trade protection deal with uh, with Pittsburgh to get Jared McCann. Of course, McCann's now in uh, Seattle, and he's a perennial what 35-40 goal scorer. It just it's tough looking back at some of the decision-making, especially the first go-around, Rosie, with Vegas, where you're like, man, oh, man. Had they made some better decisions, I think there could be some insulation for the big boys now in Toronto, you know?
0: Yeah, hard to say, man. Uh, yeah. What happened? It's a weird situation. I mean, that very first draft they had to, um, t- to go to be that good off the bat. I mean, I understand you don't want to be... You know who who came in was just a struggling team, like maybe Atlanta or something like that. I know they moved Minnesota. A lot of expansion. Yeah, that's just a complete struggle. But they moved like a pure expansion team with an expansion draft, and you know I don't want them to struggle and be garbage. I don't think anybody wanted that, but to yeah. run like to the Stanley Cup Finals might be like yeah. a little bit aggressive. But I think they've done enough times now where they can figure out what works and what didn't, and I feel like they got it right uh, the last time and. It's interesting, seeing who's protected, seeing who's not, seeing this whole new team like you know a 20 plus man roster of of guys you're used to seeing on you know all spread out across the league and all of a sudden they're all in this brand new uniform you've never seen, new logo, new team it is interesting, it's exciting, and again i just I hope it uh, at the end of the day after the couple of years of it settling down that it it helps the league and, and makes it better rather than than you know the potential of being watered down.
2: Well, the big thing, uh, obviously, as we move on to is like expansion has changed so much because uh, the, these groups are paying so much money that the NHL sort of owes them. And that's why you're seeing them be with a level playing field right off the bat. We're back in a day. The fee wasn't as high. And it's like here you have an NHL team, but you're starting from the bottom. That's no longer the case. As you referenced, yeah. I mean, you're a perennial contender right away with uh, the way the rules are set up. You look at Vegas, you look at Seattle. So Fascinating times ahead for the NHL. I just hope they're very, very strategic with this because I already think to a degree, um, you know, it's a bit watered down in terms of the rosters. And I think if you add even two more teams, one more team here, potentially with Utah, I just think it becomes a bigger situation, bigger conversation in the league. But nevertheless, at least something to document, I think over the next couple of years, at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube, at the Leafs Nation 401, if you're watching on YouTube right now and are not subscribed, I don't know what you're doing. At the Leafs Nation 401, once again, least warning Take wherever you find your podcasts and uh, make sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating and we'll love you for life. Brought to you by DoorDash, it's time for the appetizer. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25, that's code NATION25 in uppercase, 25% off your first order with DoorDash Offer valid in Canada. Subject to change. Terms apply. So it's the Leafs and Jets. The front end of a home-and-home. Game 2 will be on Saturday in Winnipeg. Hockey Night in Canada. That will be great. But the big story here, as we speculated upon the last couple days, Rosie, Ilya Samsonov will start making back-to-back starts for the first time since December 9th and 11th. Uh, A 4-0 win against Nashville. A 4-3 OT loss. JT 1000 against the Islanders. Again, it, it... Every game, I think we're going to say this with Sammy, but it feels like the biggest game of his career in this one.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think less so than the last two, but, uh, you know, come off of that win, you're playing strongly, whatever you did and found during your little hiatus there uh, has produced at least, you know, 120 minutes of pretty good goaltending. And that's all you can ask for. So, Right on, Sammy. Good job. Good to see. Continue doing that is all you can say, right? Um, he must be in a little bit better of a place. I bet you the pressure's come off a little bit, but every game day, you know, yeah, you don't want to revert back to the the kind of play that you were playing at the beginning of the season. So, you know, I wouldn't say it's the biggest game of the year for him. Um, if he has a stinker, then the next time he gets in might be. But, you know, how how long is his leash at at how many bad performances in a row until they say, "Kate, we, we, we can't rely on Sammy. It's official. He's, he doesn't have it. He's not going to be our goalie. He's not taking us deep. Um, he's he just doesn't have it this year. I don't know what that answer is, but uh, I don't see a reason to talk about it since he's played, you know, two solid games, looks very good. Um, looks like whatever was going on mentally, he's been able to overcome and execute. And we just hope it continues tonight.
2: Yeah definitely want to see growth I think when it comes to Samsonov and I think the big key is what you brought up there where it's like you let in a goal it's inevitable and I think this is what plagues goaltenders whether they're five years old or 35 years old in the NHL it's like how do you recover after surrendering a goal and I think that's the big thing I've noticed with Sammy this year is like he'll let a goal in it's the end of the world and you can't move past it and then I think it it hampers his play for the rest of game and the next games and it just gets out of control. And that's exactly what happened. I think he had a bit of a unfortunate to say like a nervous breakdown. And I, I think that's the biggest difference. I mean, knock on wood that we've seen these two appearances since he took his bit of a, a sabbatical there is that it hasn't looked like it's affected him as much and he's not swimming and try to do too much out there. I mean, we're neither of our, uh, of us are goalies, but I think that's the the noticeable difference is how much more quiet he is in there. Cause we've seen him, I bits and pieces as a maple leaf. Like, I mean, he has been a a really, really strong goalie. And when he is, he's really quiet.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, I liked hearing what uh, Jamie McLennan Noodles said on our show yesterday, is kind of confirmed that to me as well. And there's a guy that knows goalie inside and out, but yeah, quieter, not sliding around. The confidence that you can see it, it's tangible um, with his body. Uh, language you can see it kind you can see their eyes behind their masks on on what they're kind of feeling and looking and it's a calm presence and I I noticed that last year when he was playing well Uh, I noticed that with Joseph Wall it's just a big square positional look to the guy when he's playing during play after play you can just see it it's a it's a confidence thing and you know other players show that too but there's there's a lot of eyeballs on the goalies and you know, it's the one guy in that position, it stands out a lot more. And when he was struggling, I mean, he's, I noticed it as they're scrambling more, they're sliding around They're, yeah. they're, they're kind of spinning to get to places. And, and then that makes them start to look around and be a little bit jittery and they're not totally comfortable. And he has certainly looked comfortable the last two games. Um, I'm absolutely not surprised that they're going to him again against the jets here. I think if he gets a win, he'll be playing on Saturday as well. So we will see what happens here. But yeah, it's going to be, you know, on the back of him for a certain amount of time. I think the team defense is going to have to to help him out a lot as well and, and play a, a tightly knit structured zone defense that doesn't allow a whole shitload of chances against the guy. Help him out a little bit. And when you got the puck, go north and do your thing. We've got the firepower. I mean, that is the strength of this team is scoring goals. So, you know, as as much as the Winnipeg Jets have been playing solid defense, I want to see these guys be able to break through, show your talent, show the money that you make is for a reason and, and light these guys up tonight.
2: Just some news from the morning, Skate, as we uh, speculated upon yesterday, Tyler Bertuzzi is out. He won't play. He and his wife are expecting their second child. So automatically, um, you know, depth will be tested, obviously, but Massive game for Nyes, Holmberg, and Robertson. Those are the three guys I'm looking at, right? Because they're on the left side. You take Bertuzio. I know he hasn't been great, but I think it'll challenge the depth. But I think it's a good challenge. Like I want to see what these kids have. Nice has had some flashes as of late. And uh, obviously Holmberg's been hot and Nick Robertson's still trying to find it. I know everybody likes to make a conversation, nine goals in 26 games or whatever it is. But this is a real opportunity for a guy like Nick Robertson, I think.
0: Yeah. And he's been playing well lately. Um, You know, he's been getting on the score sheet. uh, I don't know. What is it? Four and seven or something around that, uh, around that number. And, and he looks confident out there. He's a guy that can score. And, you know, he needs to do it at a certain type of consistency in order to say, no, no, I am an NHL player. No, no, I can be here long-term and help out this organization. And he hasn't quite done that yet. And, you know, I don't think that's panic button mashing time or anything, but it does change the conversation with him. And it has, you know, all of a sudden we're talking about him as trade bait. And do we look at him as a different light? Is he any longer a blue chip prospect? Like it's kind of, uh, it's unfortunate for the players, how fast that happens. You come up as this 20, 21 year old kid. And by the time you're 23, it's like the ship is either sailed or, or you've proven yourself. It's a, it's a small window. And, uh, you know, sometimes guys, Sees that take advantage. Other times, guys take a little while to develop, and and then all of a sudden they gotta they gotta battle and prove themselves uh, even more so. But an opportunity like this is a good time to solidify yourself. And I'm sure Nick Robertson's aware of it. You talk about Holmberg and some of these other guys. You know, they step up as well. Like it's just odd to me. Like Holmberg can be a guy that's in the minors, a bubble guy, a call up, kind of a fourth line guy, then playing on the top line. It's like, well, who is this guy, and what do you expect from him? Like, what are your expectations? I understand throwing a guy. A bone and saying here's an opportunity to see what you can do with it I'm all for that but I think this team now at this point in the season needs to figure out what is our depth what is our lineup who has what role and what are the expectations of each guy every guy can't go out there and say well this might be the the night I get two and one and you know I'm the new star in town for a couple of weeks like why are you in this league why did we draft you or sign you What are the expectations from you on that depth chart? Here's your line. Here's your role. Here's your ice time. Now go with it and make a real hockey team out of this. And, you know, today is a a night where someone might be able to step up and say, this is what I do.
2: It really is fascinating too when you look at it because you look at some of the upper echelon elite teams in the league. It seems like every player, every line knows what they bring to the table. And then conversely, you look at the Leafs. I mean, Holmberg's a perfect example where we all think he's a fourth line or he's always on the fourth line. All of a sudden, he's a top six player for like a month span, right? And I think it goes okay. back to the whole identity thing. This team has no idea what it is or what it's playing for or like the idea of like what's the goal out there, right? I, I think in in terms of identity, the Leafs don't have an identity, man. Like it's, it's, it's fascinating. I think when you look at it from that perspective, because that's been the big thing with Sheldon Keith. It's like let's shumble up the lines. They, they've, they've tried everything. I mean everything, and it's the same conversation we had last season too with the lines, right? Yeah, and
0: I would say it's done to a fault. You know, I the fans that watch this team every single day, and people that report on it they don't have a clue what to expect with, with lineups and lines. And I remember like good teams and good coaches, they, they know what they want. They see it in their head on how a team is going to operate and they get those players on the team that facilitate that. And then once they're there, nothing's perfect. Sometimes you got to, you know, you know, you got to groom a guy a little bit and, and build them up and, and, you know, maybe a guy needs to step up his game and, and focus a little bit more offensively to play with certain players. Maybe a guy needs to dial it back a little bit and realize that you're not gonna be, you know, the number one offensive guy on the team that we look for. And you gotta keep it a little simpler, be a little bit more of an energy power forward guy and, and get it deep and bang the body a little bit. But you ultimately you're sitting down with players throughout the season. A good coach will be and say, What are you seeing out there? What do you notice on video? What would you like more of um, playing with this guy? How does it feel that guy? And you, you just start to work with the guy. And then by six months into the season, hopefully you've you've built this team that runs on all cylinders, that covers all the bases that a hockey team needs throughout 60 minutes to, to win a hockey game against a good hockey team. And I just don't feel like they're doing that. I just feel like they just keep winging names on the fucking board and saying, fingers crossed that this is going to work. Hopefully we find magic. Oh, we just called up Holmberg. He's been in the minors, you know, most of the year, but no, we're going to play him with Marner and Matthews. Like, what are you looking for? What do you try? Like, what do you hope to to find? Because anybody can do that. Anyone can be at the helm of, of the Toronto Maple Leafs and just start winging names in the lineup and shrugging your shoulders and watching saying, I hope something catches fire here. And that's kind of my one knock. One of my one knocks on Keefe is that,
2: I just don't feel like you're building. A, you're moving towards having this team that knows what they're doing. You made some headlines on Tuesday morning on TSN 1050. Here are some quotes. I think they're exposed all the time with their mentality, and to me, that does come down to coaching. They have the opposite identity of a team with a weak defense. And I was reading that thread, and a lot of people agreed with you. I mean, that was a direct shot at Keefe, and nobody's really done that so far in this market. So kudos to you, Rosie. Yeah, well, I
0: mean, when you look at, like, everyone says our problem is, you know, we don't have enough defense. Everyone's talking about the trade deadline. We need a defenseman. Are we going to get Tanev? Can we get, you know, Hannafin? Can we get all these different guys? Because our defense isn't good enough. Our defense isn't good enough. You know, Morgan Riley's back there on his own. He's an offensive defenseman and he looks, you know, he's our number one guy and he looks completely lost in the D zone sometimes and we get scored on. So to know that. And then to have them play the style of play that they do, it's like, if if your weakness is your defense, you think you'd play a system that helps your D out, that has the forwards back, that has really responsible centermen that are focused on making sure we get possession before we start thinking offense. And those guys are stretched out in the O zone and winging it through the middle and, you you know, cheating a little bit with blowing by a D man, looking for that odd man rusher, the breakaway. And it's just like, how is that your your mindset when you know your struggles in the in the back end and i think i'm not alone obviously on Le- in leafs nation when i when i address that
2: fact to me it feels like the leafs like they always exercise patience i think you look at some other teams they don't care they're they're going to make a change when they make a change do, do you feel like it's the market do you feel like it's the heat of the toronto market where Sometimes like they extend stays longer than they should. Like again, I'm I'm not taking anything away from Sheldon Keith. They can get out of this uh, bit of a hole they're in right now. But like it always feels like Toronto takes longer than most teams. Maybe I'm just reading it uh, improperly. But like it feels like Toronto takes longer to like make decisions like that. Why do you think that is? Um, it's hard
0: to say if they do or not. I think that when you do make a change, it's so highly scrutinized that you would probably be benefiting to yourself to take a minute and to, to make sure you get it right to, you know, there's so many people, you know, with their hands in the pot and I know with ownership and, and management on every team, there's, there's enough people, but you know, tree living and Shanahan and you know, how much is Tenenbaum involved, and bomb involved in the ownership group and how much, how many of those talking heads up in the brass up there have their, have their hand and their opinion on things and you're having your big board meetings and you know that when you make the slightest decision that the whole city just ripples reverberate through the whole place and that's the reality of being in the Toronto Maple Leafs organization but if they do take a little longer to to do something you can understand why based on the fact that it's going to be so highly scrutinized you want to make sure you get it right
2: Well, for example, I mean, not to correlate this to the NBA, but like the Milwaukee Bucks with Giannis and all that, like they they hired Adrian Griffin, who came from the Raptors, I believe, in the offseason. They're like 30 and 13, and they fired their coach. They just weren't happy with what was going on, right? And the Leafs are that type of team where every year they're in the conversation, and they're a bit dissimilar, too, because Milwaukee won the title a couple years ago, and I just... I just think sometimes like the decision isn't made when it needs to be made. And I think we talked about the Oilers being that team where it's like, wow, look what that bolt has done for the Oilers. They're what 24 and six and 30 outings with Chris Knobloch. They won 14 in a row. And I mean, you've been in a room. Sometimes that's all you need is just a, a fresh voice, a new face, and uh, it ignites the team. And I just, I wonder the longer we go on here and, it's not like there's there's other candidates out there that can't do the job. Like there's some really quality candidates out there, and I, I just wonder on a daily basis why they don't want to make the decision to do something substantial. But maybe they're reading it differently. Like that's my concern. Are we not watching the same team, Rosie? Like why do you and I agree? Why do a good majority of the fan base agree? Why do the, a lot of the media say the same thing? And it's like the team feels differently for some reason.
0: Yeah, well, relationships and and pride, ego, yes. those things take a lot. I mean, they are closer to it. They could possibly and potentially see things we only get to see the interviews and the game on TV. They're they're in the meetings. They're having dinners and breakfast with these people, and what they're saying and where their minds at and their philosophy. It, it, we don't know what that is, so you can take that with a grain of salt as well. They're more in the know than we are, but I do know what you're saying. Like, is this it just seems like more of the same and it seems like Mm -hmm. the problems that they have are like not being addressed, which is frustrating. And you know, if, if I had a big red button on my desk right now that I could press and get Joel Quenville to be the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, I would mash that button right now. I think there's a guy who can take a team, put it together to play the kind of hockey that can win a Stanley cup, get the most out of your talent, but also have like extremely responsible people on the ice. Like, I don't think Patrick Kane in their heydays was, was, you know, he was a, he was working his bag off. He was skating like crazy. He was defensively sound. I mean, some people might argue with that, but I mean, him and Jonathan Taves, you know, they, he got the most out of those guys to play a certain style. They had big D man. I understand it's a different roster, but I feel like that guy would, first thing he would do is like, we need to figure out who the fuck we are because this team doesn't have a clue. Like what lines are you running? What, what roles are these guys trying to perfect throughout an 82 game season? They don't have a clue because the guys on the Marlies are playing on the first goddamn line. It's just, <laughs> it's weird. So I, I am not totally thrilled about that. And I, I also think that if you do want to make a change and, and make something out of this season, it that shit doesn't happen overnight necessarily. So You know, shit or get off the pot. And it seems like they are uh, just sitting there not doing a whole lot of changes. So maybe they got something up their sleeve and and they believe in this group. And I just know that it's going to take something different than what they've done to make a run in the playoffs this year.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices Patrick G. Mafia writes in, he's had no goalie guys. Uh, I think that's a lazy excuse. Like, it really is a lazy excuse. I think when you look at the personnel, the players on the roster, yeah, they have some faults in the blue line, but we have seen points in the past where Michael Hutchinson has been this team's number one, and they've been able to do their thing out there. I just don't think we're seeing the response that a team um, in this time, of, uh, this type of position, I should say, should should be responding. And again, I, I've said this so many ending? Pardon me? Is he talking about the Oilers getting goaltending? No, he's talking about the Leafs. Like, the Leafs are not getting Mm -hmm. goaltending. That's why they're sucking kind of thing.
0: I just don't see a lot of games where the team is playing fantastic and they score four or five, and the goalie just lets them down every time. Like... I more often not see a goalie standing on his head and it's a two one hockey game. And it's like, can you, can you break this game open? Can you get the lead? No, they score last minute on, you know, a frantic D zone fucking one minute of D zone time. And they finally score after the, you know, whoever stands on their head for quite a bit of the the game. And then they go into overtime and do something dumb and lose a game. And we're sitting there going, that game was ours. If our guys just go and win it a hundred percent, like that happens. More often than not. Yeah. So I agree with the lazy excuse on goaltending. I think we've got fantastic goaltending out of Wall. We've got it out of Jones. Um, we've gotten it in the past, not so much this year out of Sammy. Like, I just, I, I think it's a team mentality thing way more than it is just like, you know, go get UC Soros in there and all our problems are solved. No chance.
2: Look, it's unfair again to compare it to Vegas, but go look at that roster that won the Stanley Cup. There's some good players, but are they barn burning players for a lack of a better term? No. Yeah, they had two stud defensemen. I get that. But I mean, when you pay those four guys that amount of money, when you have the type of players on your roster, it's all about system. And again, I'm not Mr. X's and O's. I've never played at a high level, but I think you look at some other teams, there seems to be a response, Rosie, when they're scrutinized. And I just don't see that response this time around. Again, that could change, but then they can flip the script next week. Again, I like to bring up, The first week of 2024, I was feeling pretty damn good about this team. I thought they were in a good spot. They beat the LA Kings. I know they beat some uh, inferior opponents. And now it's like back to square one. And next thing you know, you run out of racetrack. It's a very, very peculiar position they're in right now, man. Like Tampa won again last night. We're going to get to the standings. But these games are so important. And we talked about Winnipeg's been red hot. They lose to Boston the other night. And you have to find a way to squeak out victories now. And I just don't know if they're in it, man. I really don't
0: well time will tell right um yeah. you know the trade deadline i just i in this day and age i don't i mean it'd be great to get some some d-man or to get a Tana, but it certainly won't hurt but i just don't i hope that no one thinks that you know some savior or multiple saviors is coming in to change the entire identity and dna of this team because that's that's not how it works um I just, I haven't seen this team be hot, you know, they haven't gone mm-hmm. on this 10 game run where it's like, Holy smokes. Have these guys ever figured out? And then, you know, that isn't necessarily sustainable in the NHL. So that goes away. And then you're like, okay, what were we doing when we were doing that? Cause that is the formula to, to do it. It's always been win two, win one, lose two, lose three, win one, lose one, win two, lose two. Like, jesus man it's it's not a it's not a recipe to go deep in the playoffs man you can't afford to be that inconsistent you got to know what you are and you got to be going hammer down into the playoffs and saying we all know what our job is we all know what's expected we all know what we do when we play phenomenal hockey now let's go do it and get 16 wins i don't think they have a clue whose line am i on who am i playing with what do you want me to do tonight am i am i a checker am i an energy guy? Or do I do you want me to get two and one by, you know, being pure offense and playing the power play like I don't think anybody knows. And to me that I just I've never seen anything quite like that where a team that's supposed to be slated as a Stanley Cup contender doesn't even know what to do with their personnel.
2: Yeah, they're looking for an identity. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Shots on goal, GA and PPG can make or break your week, but don't overlook BPMM. Wendy's is bacon portobello mushroom melt. Sure, it may not help you win weekly prizes with Wendy's and daily face-off fantasy, but unlike your predictions, it never disappoints. So try your luck, but don't push it because the bacon portobello mushroom melt is only back for a limited time. And if you miss it, you won't get a second chance. Sign up for the daily face-off today, sponsored by Wendy's and the Wendy's app. Did you catch this Ryan Reeves, dude, activated from IR. So he missed 18 games, lower body injury. Do You know what the record was without Ryan Reeves? No, what was it? 8-8-2, so 500. And and that's the big reason why. But uh, he returned to practice, mind you, as a full participant on January 2nd. You think this story got bigger than they anticipated? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Like, was he not even practicing with the team? I think bits and pieces. He was technically like injured, but he cleared himself or was cleared like the beginning of the month, man. We're talking 22 days ago.
0: (laughs) Like when you're a healthy scratch like that, and let's be honest, there's, I don't see any game in the past, you know, 15 games where I think Reeves would have gotten into the lineup. The writing was starting to be on the wall before he had that injury. But uh, when you are a healthy scratch, it doesn't really matter if you're on the IR or not. You're not on a line in practice, right? You're on the extra line. Um, You stick around after and and skate to get your reps in because you're not getting your game day conditioning. And the same thing would happen as a scratch as it kind of would as a guy that's, that's, you know, semi injured, but still able to skate. So I think that's why it was like they didn't do anything with him. He's the last thing on their mind right now. And whether this formality of him being activated or not is taken place or not is kind of irrelevant. And it was probably just easier just to leave him on and continue on until something changed until he says something in the media. Now people are talking about, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Activate him, activate him. Now he's activated. Like it's a, it's, it's nothing. It means nothing. It's just a, it, it doesn't mean anything. So he's still going to play on the non line on the fifth line He's going to be a healthy scratch in my mind, except for maybe tonight with Bertuzzi being gone and and the body situation, but yeah, he's not playing. So (laughs) it's just, it doesn't matter to me. I don't see a reason why you'd take any of those players out that we mentioned to put in Reeves. When they signed him, I, a part of me was like, oh, cool, because it's a throwback. It's, you know, nostalgia wise. I feel like, oh good. It's nice to know, you know, that the league still has a little bit of that in it. But at the end of the day, he can't he can't produce anything, including fighting right to to justify being in the lineup. I mean, back when I was playing, I was in and out of the lineup and, you know, their team had two heavyweights on it. And like it was you had to protect your players and you you had to make sure they didn't run the gamut. But like Winnipeg's not going to come in here and and beat the shit out of them and bully them and get in the goalies faces and run the the stars and blah, blah, blah. And you need a guy like that. So you don't need Ryan Reeves. So why would you put him in there? He's not going to skate. He's not going to be offensive. He's going to be a defensive liability. That's just the reality of this season for him. And I know he's not happy about it, but man, I had to come to the terms with that 12 Same. years ago. And yeah. Ryan Reeves is still in the NHL on a three-year deal. He should be goddamn thinking his lucky stars and he could keep up in the league and has been part of good teams. But I think that's slowly passing him by in this contract. I'm sorry. It's, it's not going to go down well. I think his days are very numbered playing uh, in a Toronto Maple Leaf uniform. And I probably could have told you that in September.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm waving the white flag. Like, I'm not going that route. I, I got to stand by the fact that I like the signing. It just hasn't worked out. I mean, reading the tea leaves, Rosie, Sheldon Keefe doesn't want him there, man. If Sheldon Keefe wanted him there, he'd be horny, chomping at the bit to activate this guy. And the fact that 22 days after this guy was a full participant at practice... He's finally been activated. Tells you all you need to know. I think this guy's destined for the AHL, and when and if that happens, it means they'll get one point one five million in cap space. And I think a decision has to be made. Like they got to make a roster move. To the best of my knowledge, is what I understand. They need to make a roster move once, once Bertuzzi is back. Right, he'll be restored to the twenty three man roster, so they'll have to make a move and. You know, reading some stuff on social media, they can send one of their three waiver exempt forwards down, like Nyes, Robertson, and Holmberg. But all three guys are like mainstays in the roster right now. I don't see why you would do that. Of course, there's always the, you know, Ilya Samsonov situation. Let's say he gets lit up. Maybe he's another guy you can go down because he cleared waivers. But to me, all signs point to Ryan Reeves being a member of the Toronto Marlies and say, I'll give it two weeks, three weeks. Like, it's unfortunate, man. I think this guy's got a great personality. We've talked to him a bit off air great dude you could tell his teammates love him but he just there's no fit for this guy on the roster it was a colossal mistake and it's the second biggest one because the John Klingberg one was the biggest one
0: hmm. yeah they didn't work out too well did they um no. I think they liked the idea of I mean when when Tree Living said he's gonna go out and get some guys I wanted him to go out and get you know some power forwards some rugged tough defensemen I mean, we have our offense covered. Obviously, we have $50 million tied up in these offensive guys. So what does that leave you with? It leaves you with holes on your defensive side of things. So if you can get some rugged guys that are tough to play against that think defense first, that's what we need. And you go get a John Klingberg, who's a struggling offensive defenseman for four and a half sheets or whatever. It's yeah. It's like, well, like guys, we want to keep the puck out of our net. We want to be more well-rounded. We're top-heavy uh, on the offensive side of the puck. So it, it was kind of frustrating to see that. And, you know, you want to do some guys with some jam who can, you know, drop the mitts if need be, but just be in guys' faces, protect your teammates, understand that role where, you know, Ryan Reeves is pretty one-dimensional in that fact. And, you know, the one thing that could save him is being very, very well liked in that locker room, being a glue guy, keeping the the culture and the mentality and the attitude and the atmosphere um, you know, rate right high on on you know, the list and whether he's doing that or not, I'm not sure. But yeah, when you crunch the numbers, like you did to start this segment, it looks like all signs are pointing to him, probably going down for probably
2: a a, a substantial stint with the Marlies. Oh no, it's not going to be a stint. It's you're done. I, I'm, Both it's like unfortunate him. again. And I have to credit his agent. I mean, he got him that contract and Fuck. the Leafs weren't the only team like Minnesota was involved in that conversation too. But Again, it's similar to Klingberg. This guy's played 21 games for for the Maple Leafs as a three year contract, and I think we're at a crossroads. We're at a point where they're gonna, you know, put him on waivers. Uh, you know, he's gonna get through. We all know this, and he's gonna go play for the Toronto Marlies, and you rid yourself of that. I mean, that's all you can do. It's unfortunate. I know the player didn't sign up for this, but it's a business. Sometimes you know this.
0: Yeah, it is, and I mean, I, I'm sure going into. To free agency, he's wondering, like, how many guys are going to want me? You know, it's been a long time coming. He's been hanging on to the NHL and doing very well at that, man. I mean, the career he's had post-2015 is phenomenal. Like, how have you managed to stay uh, in the league with the one-dimensional side of you? And if he was, like, a phenomenal skating tough guy that would make some sense to me but he he keeps up and everything yeah but and 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 he must have again he must be one of those guys that comes to Toronto and just can't do what he used to do I mean I'm sure to stay in the league in the past I haven't looked at his plus minus in a while but he's not a defensive liability he's not getting scored on once a game you know he's getting the puck deep he's protecting it he's creating energy he's creating space and he also has that layer of protection and uh intimidation which has served him well and then he comes here and not really anyone to fight. When he does fight, they're not the most overly, um, you know, outrageously dominant fights that uh, that he's getting in where he's, you know, the clear belt holder or whatever the hell you want to call it. And he's getting scored on every single night. Yeah. So it hasn't gone well for him. And the writing is on the wall and putting him in the lineup is not going to produce more wins. So I agree with you. He should thank his lucky stars. He's got a three-year deal. I think he absolutely yeah. robbed the bank. <laughs> um, I would not have expected that coming into the free agent season for him and I doubt he did either. And I'm I'm sure he couldn't find a pen quick enough to sign that damn thing. But I, I think he's, you know, he can look on the bright side and save some escrow by going down to the, uh, the minor leagues and make a couple extra bucks on that uh, last ticket that I'm sure he's going to sign.
2: Hey, the positive thing, too, he doesn't have to go very far. Like, it would just be around the corner from where I live. He'd still be in Toronto. I mean, there, there could be worse situations that you hit the bus to, you know. But uh, it, it's got to be a kick to the pills, especially, Rosie, when you consider Ryan Reeves and where that conversation was six months ago, where this guy was like the talk of the town and free agency in Toronto to where it is now, you probably could have forecasted it, but it's – you feel for the player a bit, like, cause you knew how, we knew how excited the guy was to be a Maple Leaf, you know, it just hasn't worked out, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I know. It was exciting to have a tough guy. And yeah. again, it was like, well, how many guys are going to fight him? And I mean, it just wasn't, I know that he wanted to make a splash. He won tree living. wanted to say, you wanted, we were, we're too soft. I, I remember, you know, Austin Matthews getting ragdolled by Stamkos of all guys in the playoffs, how the, the Tampa Bay lightning came out and said, we're just going to run these pussies right out of the, right out of the building. And that's exactly what they tried to do. And nobody liked that who, who cheers for the Maple Leafs. It's, it's disgusting to watch. It's embarrassing. So they go out there and get a guy to say, yeah, guess who's going to try that shit now. And I get it. But I also thought, like, this isn't, you know, it's, it's a team toughness problem. You look at, I keep going to the Florida Panthers, like, they've got so many guys, it doesn't matter what line is out there, that don't put up with that shit, that they're going to play that way themselves, that are going to have that little bit of bite in their game. And if anything hits the fan, those guys are all together, linked arms, saying, let's go, let's go take care of this bullshit. We had absolutely none of that. And I'm sorry about bringing in uh, a one dimensional heavy as much as it hurts me to say, because I was literally that player, but it's not, it's not the answer to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it's proven to be. So now
2: definitely not working. That is for sure. Uh, the following segment is brought to you by charm diamond centers, get custom ring building delivered in less than four weeks with the charm masterpiece program and an unbeatable pricing policy. The holidays uh, were just passing them of course, but um, I think now's a great time to pick up on this. So don't forget uh, to check out more information, go to charm diamond centers, Dot com and uh, Joseph Wall, by the way, on the ice for the optional skate this morning. Nowhere close, but I think it's it's consistent and positive news to see where he's at. Um, and I, I crunched some numbers. December seventh is when he sustained the injury against the Ottawa Senators. So we're approaching almost what seven weeks. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be two months. February seventh. Uh, so I mean, this is great news that he's on the ice at least because we really haven't seen him in quite some time here
0: yeah shit. It almost would have been better if he did like tweak his knee or like tweak his m c l or even freaking tear it, man I mean, you'd be you'd be back to to ripping it up now and this high ankle sprain, albeit once it's healed, you'd think it would be behind you. It just takes forever to heal, man, and I've never had it, so I don't know, but I just remember countless guys getting these high ankle sprains, and it's like say goodbye to that guy, yeah, for two months, and you cross your fingers and hope for better, but you know and then if you do push it and try to try to make it you know into a quicker return you 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 do it up again oh my god you missed the better part of a season with a goddamn ankle sprain so i understand why they're taking their time and it's nice to see him on the uh nice to see him on the ice and moving and and you know pushing off those posts and being in those goaltending positions that strain that particular part of your body but uh man it's like let's get this guy back let's have yeah. a one-two punch let's let's be able to have a, a solid number one and hopefully it is him and you know go back and forth and again i think that just the fact that he's been out that long and he was playing the way he was when he went out just makes you realize how important martin jones has been to this team the last you know eight weeks
2: you ever had a high ankle sprain
0: no i never have i just know it's- guys on my team that have it's often goalies and it they suck i guess
2: dude i i was playing men's league beer league like maybe five years ago and I got like tripped on a breakaway and all the weight fell on the ankle and you can feel the pop. But I could, and again, granted they have pros like working after this and I did physio once a week, but like the recovery was hell where it took probably like six months for me to feel comfortable. And I think, I think the problem you you'll deal with late in the process is thinking your ankle is strong enough to withstand and be the same ankle that it was before but I think that's the thing they have to make sure of. And granted, I think they have a perfect illustration in Timothy Lilligren, I think as Luke Fines is coming back, but that's the concern for me is coming back too quickly. Because Keith said earlier today, Joseph Wall is progressing well. They hope there's a hope. I should say that they uh, he returns from the All Star and he'll join their practice from after the All Star break, which is excellent news. Mm-hmm. Like he wouldn't call it imminent, but I think that's the final hurdles to make sure, like you know, you're not going to revert backwards here, right?
0: Well, that's good because I didn't think they yeah. gave that much info. I, I hardly listen to yeah. that shit because they don't give you anything, but that makes complete sense. He's probably almost ready now, but especially you look at the timeline, yeah. given the all-star break coming up and they only have what, two, three games in like two, two games in four, in two weeks or something like that. Why on earth would you ever even think about pushing? You never would. So I think that we could see, you know, a return from all-star break. You know, a good, hard couple practices with some extra work before and after. And he just looks at Keith and says, I'm, I'm 100%. There's, no, there's nothing more I can do to get this thing ready. I'm healed. And then it's go time, baby, which is very exciting. I can't wait to see this kid back in net.
2: Yeah, just looking at the schedule post All-Star break slash bye week. So the Monday following the All-Star break, they're home to the Islanders, home to the Dallas Stars on the Wednesday, then at Ottawa on the 10th and then home to the St. Louis blues in the 13th. Uh, I think ideally those are probably the two games I'm looking at St. Louis, the 13th, Philadelphia, the 15th. They got a bit of a home stand, a three game stand, St. Louis, Philadelphia, Anaheim. If I had to put money on it, probably the 13th, 15th, 17th is what I'd be looking at, but uh, you just have to tread water. You have to get there somehow, some way, right?
0: Yeah. And you will get there. That will be here before we know it. And, uh, you know that it won't be the first game after all-star break that second one might still want to get that week of practice in right and then i bet you he'll be ready to rock after that whatever week that is you just mentioned but um it's exciting that there's actually a timetable now and it sounds like he's he's as healthy as he could be at this point in time uh, according to what your projections are with that kind of injury and the fact that the all-star game is coming up i mean if it wasn't we might be even closer than uh, than we are otherwise. So that's that's a that's a good sign to give him that extra little bit of, of time just because of that break. It's good timing wise to to make sure there's no hiccups and not saying why the hell did we push it or was he totally you know back to 100. percent There's not going to be any of that because of the All Star game. You're going to get that extra break and make sure he's ready to rock.
2: Rosie, it's Wednesday, so let's look at the Atlantic Division standings, and we talked about this earlier in the week, the Boston Bruins on complete fire yet again, they're now 13 points ahead of the Maple Leafs in the standings, the Leafs have a game in hand, but Boston at 67, the Florida Panthers at 60, then you got Tampa at 55, the Leafs do have three games in hand on Tampa, a big win for the Lightning last night against the Philadelphia Flyers, so it just shows you the standings, Detroit's one point back, the Leafs have two games in hand on them, I think that's the key, the Leafs have games in hand on these teams, but it's one thing to have that it's another thing to take care of business too, right?
0: Yeah, I always hate looking at the standings when there's, you know, three or more games in hand, it just makes it so so difficult to analyze and and see where you're at, but games in hand don't mean anything if you don't win them, but there is, you know, you got to keep that in mind when you're looking at that and you know, obviously that that three team slant there, that uh, Detroit, Toronto, Tampa Bay is is where the battle is, and um, you know, depending on someone can go for a little bit of a run, or if some hiccup happens in Florida, you can you can start to make a push, and that's a good problem to have is being close enough to to catch Florida, but. Yeah. The game's in hand. Let's not forget. We've got a very tough schedule coming up and say the break that one of those teams ahead of them goes on is when you're facing some, some dynamos in, in the, in the league, it's going to be a tough, tough task. So that's where they sit right now. And, you know, it's not where they wanted to be, but you know, we've mentioned injury problems. um, Some of the, some of the troubles they've had this year and, and with consistency, especially, I think, they're looking to shore that up as much as possible. And just every night you got to get a point and, and just rattle those off and, and hope for the best with the other teams and what they do. And, you know, you got to take care of those games in hand as well, which is no small task when you got the hardest schedule in
2: the league. By the way, the Leafs, uh 10, eight and four, since Joseph wall went down, they've allowed 81 goals in 22 games at 3.68 per game. And, if you were to tell me, man, on, on January 24th, the Leafs would be in a playoff spot by just three points, I would be freaking out. And that's where they're at because you look three points behind them. It's New Jersey. It's the Islanders. Washington's at 50. So bottom line, they got to find a way here. You got to find a way to win this hockey game. They got two more before the all-star break slash bye week. The Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Rosie, tonight, I'm looking at the captain, John Tavares. I thought he was much better against Seattle on uh, on Sunday. He's still pointless in eight. He's goalless in nine. I would look at that shot prop. I would look at a, an assist. Maybe that goal happens. Uh, I think JT has been the model of consistency in his career. Uh, this dam's about the burst, in my opinion.
0: I like it. You're looking to snap him out of that funk. I look at the money line, and it's just <laughs> like, how are we a minus 140 favorite? Crazy, this right? Thing? It's, it just makes it impossible to bet on, on your favorite team here because <laughs> it's so fucking ridiculous. One of the top teams in the league who does not allow any goals, and we are just heavily favored anyway. You won't fade um, them, and
2: you won't, you won't fade the Maple Leafs. That's the big thing that you've, t- you've, you've, you've hung your hat on that fact that you won't fade the Leafs even when it makes too much sense.
0: I don't bet against the Maple Leafs. I could give a shit about winning a few bucks here and there on, on betting. I'll bet on other things. If the line is as disgusting as it is in this one, I will go to the player prop shop props. Uh, you know, a little flyer, if you want to take is Matthew Nyes. I think he's due to kind of have a little bit of a breakout. He's kind of seems like he's right there. And, uh, you know, you could jump on him with a little sprinkle action too, but yeah, it'd be nice to see John Tavares, uh, break out and it's a good play because he doesn't go very long like this this is a career stretch for him you would expect him to pop out of here uh anytime
2: yeah they're wearing their bieber uh, next generation jerseys, so look out for that i was laughing too i don't know if you caught this on social media on uh tuesday the oilers have some fucking chrome helmets going like like a blue no chrome. yeah no, you that's see that?
0: the, no that's the vancouver oh, Canucks. Canucks. i thought
2: yeah yeah, yeah, You're yeah, right. Canucks. Canucks.
0: Yeah, I yeah. saw. They're not as bad as the Kings, but I mean, when they go from those <laughs> unis they were wearing on the weekend, like the absolute classic black Vancouver oh. Canucks skate logo ones with matte black helmets. Are you kidding me? The so sexy, un like unchallenged best unis in the league, maybe in the history of the league. And then you go to the Chrome flashy domes. It's tough to watch. Um, it is what it is, though. I'm whatever you want to say about it. I just if the Maple Leafs ever did something that fucking stupid with that historic jersey oh, uniform, don't. I would lose my absolute mar- marbles. I mean, the Bieber fricking throwbacks are are bad enough, and that's fine to bring in the younger generation and stuff. But Chrome helmets, I'll lose my shit.
2: Man, go back and look to the jerseys they wore and producer Vic, maybe you can help me. They wore this during the pandemic and I forget what the jerseys were called, but they were, they were hideous. They were, it wasn't the next gen jersey. I forget what it was called specifically, but it was a type of jersey the least put out and it was so damn ugly. I know the broadcasters hated it. Anybody in the chat, if you want to help me out with this and they'll make me look like a fool. They had jerseys like three years ago where they were so ugly. They had gray in them, man. It made no sense, it made no sense mm-hmm. why they had gray in those jerseys. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't need it. I'm so there with you. The Vancouver Canucks, like that is a legendary Jersey. Just wear that every game and I'll feel happy about it. You know?
0: I know what makes me think I was thinking a little while ago, cause I wasn't as involved in the Leafs. They weren't my favorite team growing up, but remember that like TML logo. Yeah. Remember that? And that was like their new kind of logo Did that. Did people lose their buddy marbles? And you must've been a little bit younger. It was probably around 2000 or something like that. And I remember like the stickers in the back of the guy's trucks and stuff like that, like this new logo that must've been wild for them to never waver away from a maple leaf. And now all of a sudden they have this weird stacked TML logo. I bet you that made some noise.
2: Yeah, it definitely did. And thank you to producer Vic, always on the ball, the reverse retro jerseys. I think the initial reverse retro jerseys go back and Google those fucking hideous. But uh, looking forward to this matchup tonight, Rosie, the front end of the home and home with the Winnipeg Jets. So we'll uh, reconvene on Thursday for a recap. Okay. These... This,
0: uh, Winnipeg jets, they do not allow very many goals. So it's going to come down to our big boys to be smart enough to put it in the back of their net without risking filling hours. I'll be watching intently.
2: I would argue Winnipeg is due for regression. So we're going to jump on the Leafs sure. tonight. Let's do it. That's Jay Rose Hill at the Leafs nation Four one on YouTube where you could subscribe. Least morning take wherever you find your podcast as well. Many thanks to everybody in the chat. You guys are red hot, fantastic at the Leaf Station 401. Once again, many thanks to producer Vic. That's Jay Rosillo. I'm Nick Alberga, and we'll talk on Thursday. Take care.